Hi, thanks for joining us on the Renewed Mind Life podcast. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Denise. This is a place for Christian women who are ready to experience the freedom that comes from trusting God with your mind, body, and spirit. Welcome back. Hi, listeners. Today, Denise and I are happy to share with you a message about the lineage of our Lord Jesus, since it's so close to Christmas. And we just wanted to to, uh, bring this to light and show how merciful and gracious our God is and how he's shown us so much mercy and grace in our, through our addictions and, you know, just basic life and all the way up until now. Um, And we know that he will continue to do so because we serve a God who is filled with grace. Denise, do you Uh, want to share a little bit about your experience with God's mercy and grace? Sure. I'd love to, Cheryl. Thank you. Hi, it's Denise. And, uh, so God showed me mercy during my addiction by not uh, not firing me from my job, which I've had for like 17 years. Uh, I've never I never got a DUI, uh, thank goodness. And you know He has showed me so much grace by taking away that desire to drink and by keeping me sober now for 10 and a half years. You know, so definitely He is a God just overflowing with mercy and grace yeah Uh, i think in my own life i see that too that uh, i i was like a rebellious child my entire life you know just pushing god away pushing god away and uh his loving grace and mercy just never let me go even though i pushed so you know just so rebelliously against him but he did not give up on me and for that i'm grateful So you may ask, how does this relate to Christ? Well, it relates to Christ because Christ came from a lineage that includes four specific women that God used to show his mercy and grace to the world. These women are Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. So Denise, why don't you start us out here? Who is Tamar? All right, so um, Tamar was a woman who, um, well, she uh, she was married to a man named Ur, and, well, Ur died, and then she was, uh, so back then, if your husband died, then you uh, married their brother. <laughs> and <Ew>. so, huh, <laughs> would you say, <laughs> would you want to marry your husband's brother? Well, he didn't have a brother. (laughs) But you probably want to marry him, right? No, that would just be weird. (laughs) Right. So Tamar was married to Ur and he died. Then, uh, so then she married his brother and his his brother died. And, uh, and then she was supposed to marry the next brother, but, uh, but he was too young. So I mean, even if he wasn't too young, wouldn't you be like, Hey, my two older (laughs) brothers died. I think you're a black widow. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, probably, I'm right? Doing it. Um anyways, uh what 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 happened was she ended up tricking her father-in-law and um basically uh tricking him and she ended up sleeping with her father-in-law and fathering um twins, mother and yeah. twins. He so fathered she, twins. <laughs> she posed as a prostitute. Um well, yes, she prostituted. Or a lady herself, of but, yeah, and um, and she took his cloak and like two things that were specific to him that everybody would have known who the owner was 
and All said, right. the father of these babies in my womb is the owner of these. Exactly. And so, um, yes, any way you look at it, it was wrong. And so she had twins and one of them was named Perez. Um, and we looked the, the name up, how to say it. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And um, so. Looks like Perez, pronounced Perez. Yes, Perez. Uh, yes, Perez. And he ends up having a descendant named uh, Salmon, spelled like Salmon. We looked salmon. that one up too. <laughs> yeah, spelled like Salmon, the fish. But I love Salmon. <laughs> pronounced With some salmon. lemon and fresh dill. <laughs> salmon <laughs> ends up marrying Rahab, which, I mean, if you've read the Bible, you know who Rahab is. You automatically think, ooh, Rahab. Definitely not going to name my daughter Rahab. I mean, I don't, don't, I don't think anyone names their daughter Rahab. I've never heard it. I, you know, working in the classroom, never heard the name Rahab. No. I've shockingly heard Jezebel a lot. I always feel really bad for that girl. That's but interesting. Rahab never. <laughs> um, so Rahab, as most of you know, or if you don't, Rahab's a prostitute. And uh, I mean, she did some great things, you know, helped out some soldiers and whatnot. Um, no. <laughs> That didn't oh, come out gosh. right. That didn't come out right. Okay. <laughs> that did not come out right. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I know, I know what you mean. She she helped them to they were she they were hid them. Remember she the hid story them. where she hid them in right. Jericho, right? That's what I'm referring to. Yeah. Needless we got, we got to say, it. she had a son named Boaz, right? Mm. Mm -hmm. And then Boaz married Ruth. Ruth okay. was an amazing lady, and I'm going to hand Ruth over to you, Cheryl. Take it from there. All right. Whew. Caught. All right. So Ruth, yeah, an amazing woman. Um, she was not of Jewish descent, but she, she was a Moabite, so she was a product of um, Lot's, uh, the line of Lot, who Lot, and it look, it's kind of a creepy little incestuous story there in the Bible. To tell. Lot's two daughters <laughs> got him drunk and the, uh, the, because they, there was no other men around and they were like, how are we going to have kids? Let's get our father drunk. And um, that's how Lot's line came to be. So the Moabites, she, right? She was from the Moabites. So that was the, the children of this incestuous relationship between father and daughter. So Ruth um, had married a, uh, the son of Naomi and Naomi's husband had died. Her two sons had died. So she had these two daughters-in-law and she was like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go back home to the, uh, to the old country and you, you should go home to your people. Okay. Naomi is Ruth's mother-in-law. Mother-in-law. So yeah. Naomi was then, um, she, she was forced to go, go back to her home country since she had no sons to take care of her, her daughters-in-law. She encouraged them to go back to their families um, and, and the one did, Opa, Orpa, I think was her name. She yeah. did. She, you know, they, they both, both of these daughter-in-laws, they loved their mother-in-law, Ruth, or sorry, Naomi. Um, so they both said goodbye to her or the one said goodbye to her. And the other said, I'm not leaving you, which was Ruth. So she accompanies Naomi back to the homeland, back to Israel. And, um, and this is where it kind of gets, I don't know, like a little bit confusing because as in a Jewish culture at that time, your 
next of kin, the male next of kin, was supposed to marry the widow that that did not have children so that he could then provide an heir on behalf of the deceased. So Ruth goes to work in the field of the kin, one of the kinsmen of Naomi and starts gleaning, in other words, just uh, reaping grain that has fallen off in the field, you know, not uh, uncommon at that time for them to leave a little bit of grain behind for people to pick up. But um, so she, she does that. He notices her. He's like, oh, who is that? And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's Naomi's uh, daughter-in-law. Oh, okay. Well, let her go ahead and pick as much as she wants. So then Naomi says, okay, you know what? He's noticed you. Here's what you're going to do. All right. You're going to go lay down at his feet and have him put his cloak over you. Does this sound like a strange dating story? Yeah, not <laughs> something that I would imagine happening, but she did it and he knew what it meant. And he um, appreciated that because she could have gone for a younger, uh, richer man, but she's, you know, stuck with Naomi and Naomi's family. So he married her. Yeah, Ruth and oh, Ruth and Boaz, and then they had Obed. Yeah. No. Oh. So Ruth and Boaz, they had a son named Obed. Obed had a son named Jesse, and Jesse had a son named David, the great King David that oh, we've all man. heard of, a man after God's own heart. Now, um, so we can see that David was Ruth's great-grandson, right? David, in his later years, now in his earlier years, he was a great warrior. He was, you know, a man after God's own heart, um, wrote all these psalms. But then, in his, like, around 50s, and this, this story is found in 2 Samuel chapter 11, he, um, he starts to get a little bit, mm, he gets the wandering eye. So he's standing on top of his castle, looking around, and he sees the wife of one of his, his captains um, taking a bath. And it doesn't really clearly indicate whether she was out there flaunting or completely oblivious to the fact that somebody was watching her. We'll never know. But at any rate, his, his uh, lust was sparked. And through that sin, that lust, he eventually through the course of the story, he ends up sending her husband off to the front lines where he knew in essence that it was a death sentence, that the husband Uriah would be killed. She became pregnant with two children, two sons, uh, Nathan and Solomon. Now Solomon is the line that continues on down through by blood to Mary and then Joseph through adoption. So we can clearly see that God works through people who have been through tragic situations, whether self-inflicted or through no fault of their own. I mean, I think that personally, I can name so many instances where it was me. It was all me. I did it. I'm suffering the consequences of my actions. There's nobody else I can blame. However, I can also point to circumstances where I was an innocent bystander. It just happened. That Life just rolled over me and I could do nothing about it. So situations like that do happen. Definitely. And, you know, what this shows me is that we don't have to carry the guilt and shame of our sins, you know, because our Savior 
the friend of sinners, as you know, he's referred to in the scripture. He came from this lineage of sin, of you know, infidelity, of incest, of um, all of these sins, um, adultery. prostitution, adultery, infidelity, prostitution, incest. And he came from, you know, this lineage of all this sin, but also this lineage of God showing mercy and grace. And there's no reason that he won't accept us, you know. And then I know that I question sometimes, like, why did God save me? Well, clearly to demonstrate his mercy and grace. At least that's what I think. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And the fact that the way that our Savior came into this world um, with not coming from a royal family. Like, yes, we just said that he was a descendant of King David, but, you know, there were a lot of changes that had occurred. So he wasn't raised in a royal household. His family was working class. His stepfather, uh, Joseph, was a carpenter. His mother was just a young girl, uneducated, really had no... um, experience in life other than being raised to follow God's instructions. And that's what she did. But having him come as a baby, helpless, poor, unknown, insignificant, but through that beautiful story, the, the story of Christmas, we learn how deep God's love is for us. His love, he would do anything for us. He would do anything for you, for me, for our listeners. His love just never stops. So true. I was listening to a sermon this morning, and, you know, I, I, there's a lot I still don't know. I, I haven't been a follower of Christ but 10 years. And I didn't know that when it was first announced that he was born, that it was, it was announced to the, to the shepherds. Mm-hmm. That it wasn't announced to to what anyone would consider anyone of importance. In fact, the shepherds were of the lowest of the low. In right. fact, I think w- the way it was referred to, um, like the lowest of the low. And um, so I thought that was just pretty interesting. That, that that's, is interesting. You know, who who they wanted to let it be known to first. Because it didn't, you know, it didn't matter to um, to the other people. They wanted, you know, those people to know first that mm-hmm. that basically our Savior was was come, even though he was just a baby then. That it already was starting to give us hope, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And there was nothing, you know. He here he was, you know, a naked little baby in the manger. There was nothing he could do at that actual moment, right? Mm-hmm. Except for give us hope. Yeah. And so, you know, I guess with that, I just want to, um, I hope we're giving you hope, yeah. all of our listeners out there. That's what my message to you personally right now for Christmas is that I hope we're giving you hope. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. And that's, uh, I guess, a great way to bring our our podcast at this time to a close and just thank you for listening and be renewed in your minds. We love you. Bye. And if you'd like to, oh, wait, wait, we didn't tell them.
if they want to send us any more of those wonderful emails we've been getting, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Did you get a chance to read those today, Cheryl? I did. And I just, yeah, that's, that's good. Thank you for reminding me. I do want to thank you for your feedback and for your, your questions and we read them all and they mean so much to us. All right. So keep on sending them in to renewedmindlife at gmail.com. We love reading them and we can't wait to read some more renewedmindlife at gmail.com. So have a great Christmas and we will uh, be sending out some more podcasts starting next week. All right. Have a great Christmas. Bye everyone. Bye.